Ben is dying. Anyway, welcome back to another episode of Tally's Movie Reviews. I know it's been a long time. I've uh, been looking for, you know, a project for us to do. Uh, I've been thinking about doing She-Hulk, but that was such a disappointment. I really don't want to do that. So thankfully, uh, my little brother here, Eli, got into watching Rings of Power before all of us. And then I thought, okay, you know, I guess I'll bite the bullet and watch it. So uh, this is my brother, Eli. Hi, I am Eli. And I am on the rare percentile of people that is going to be reviewing the show who has actually seen it. Unlike a lot of comments you see on YouTube. And on top of that, I'm even rarer in the fact that I've actually read Tolkien books. So I can actually tell you when stuff is made up for the most part. And um, that, that's something that I found quite lacking in just about everything that I saw related to this show. Yeah, so I thought this video would be a great idea for that reason. So uh, before we started uh, deciding we were going to do this review, I did a little bit of research. I'm not as well versed in the token universe as uh, my brother here. But I thought it would be an interesting concept that I look at this show from a... Uh, movie quality storytelling kind of view of as far as an adaptation and then Elisha giving his uh, input on how close it was to the Cimmerillion, right? That's what's kind of basing Not off from? Not really, actually. Cimmerillion's mostly focused on first age material. Uh, it's actually Unfinished Tales that has most of the things that would be referenced in this show. Gotcha. That, that has, that has a lot of stuff that overlaps from Cimmerillion, but a large portion of Unfinished Tales contains Second Age and even a little bit of Third Age information. It's gotcha. very, it's very interesting book. So, uh, how about we start with uh, how do you feel it worked as an adaptation of the of the story? I know there's not really a lot of source material for them to go with, and they're kind of making up a lot as they go. And how do you oh, think that works? There's out? actually a lot of source material. What they don't really have is dialogue. Oh, pulled from I, Tolkien. I, absolutely. But I, I gotta say, people keep comparing this to uh, Peter Jackson's movies, dialogue from the original trilogy. Which is really unfair because a lot of that dialogue isn't even in the book mm -hmm. and they're comparing it like it was Tolkien's great writing. A lot of that stuff is just Peter Jackson, uh, his wife, and another writer. I can't remember their names. But they wrote the scripts to those movies. A lot of that dialogue was updated to be good. It's not like Tolkien, well, even though he was a wordsmith, it's not like he wrote great epic dialogue. Well, not only that, to your point where they were writing, the uh, not Tolkien, Peter Jackson and his wife and other people were writing scripts. Even as they were filming, they were changing the script every day, trying to, they're like, hey, you know, we could make this better, we can make this better. Whereas, you know, a TV show like this, it's a little hard for them to kind of last minute change the script on people and change the dialogue, which I really think the show is lacking. The dialogue is not good. It's a lot like Star Wars prequel dialogue. Yeah. Yeah, it, it kind of is. And people keep blaming it on the actors, and I look at this dialogue, and I'm listening to it, and I'm hearing these actors say it, and I'm going, this isn't a problem with the actors. People keep complaining about the actors. It's the dialogue. Because when you compare it to like Ewan McGregor and Natalie Portman in the prequels, we know they're great actors. Right. And I get the feeling that most people in the show are actually very talented, and you just rarely get to see it because of... Very poor writing. Well, also, I feel like another issue with the show that it was having from a... I f it's kind of fun. I feel like it rushed. 
like a lot. Now I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but there were certain scenes that you thought that would kind of play out a couple episodes, and and then it's like, wait, that all this happens in one episode? That is that is really rushed. You so, have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're already making references to the fall of you know Casa Doom in right. Spain, right? And they're cramming everything that happened in the Second Age into like a, what feels like. And they mentioned they were going to do this in a single century. Yeah. But I get the feeling it's going to be within a few decades. You know, the Numenorians live longer than normal humans, so they can keep a lot of these characters around longer. You are absolutely right about that. It's and it, it makes it seem like, um, yeah. You know, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. So we'll start with uh, one of the first episodes. Um, Basically, Gladriel has flashback. You know, I, this is this. Are one. you gonna? You we don't need to talk about why a boat floats. No, because I, that not, is without a doubt the worst writing. I think you'll hear. No, I don't want to talk about the floating boat. <laughs> um, I was actually gonna refer Hold to. Hold on. <laughs> if you are watching, feel free to leave a comment on why you think boats float. <laughs> You'll float too. Um, what I was saying, the opening is. So 2000s, and what I mean. Are you talking about the intro? I'm talking about when Gladriel's a little girl, oh. and she has the elves picking on her. Oh yeah, because she's different. Because she's trying to make a floating bird in the water. Uh, I'll say uh. this: there was very little known about elves uh, growing up. A lot of that stuff wasn't published writing, and just last year, it would have been far too late for them to implement. They 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 published. A lot of the writings on stuff like this, on the on elven nature and how the children grow up and how elves age. I do not own this book yet, but my dear Aunt Kelly and Uncle Bob are buying it for me for Christmas, so I look forward to it. It looks really complicated, and it'll take me five years to get through it because I'm a slow reader. But I'm, I'm getting to this. I'm getting, coming around. Elves were said to be very well-behaved children, and the writers of this wouldn't have known that because the book wasn't published yet. Gotcha. Well, I must say, that sounds like a kingly gift you're getting pretty soon. It is a kingly gift. Yes. It'll match the rest of the books in my collection. Very nice. Um, so, basically, it starts off with a whole narration where Gladriel's brother, she has a very close relationship with her brother, and he's one of the warriors that goes out to try and... Uh, does it really say that he was actually like hunting Sauron, or was he just in a ba- just happened to be in a battle with Sauron and Sauron? I'm trying to up? I'm trying to remember. And if if anyone's ever read the Cimmerillion or Unfinished Tales, they'll know that these elven names are so complicated. And the Cimmerillion wasn't done when it was published. Christopher Tolkien took his father's works and published it, so a lot of the names aren't finalized, and they jump around, and he made mistakes in editing. As I recall, Tolkien. I'm trying to remember. There's, I think she had two brothers. I'm not talking about the book, though. I'm talking about the show. Does it say that he was hunting Sauron? It just then, says that he died fighting. Yeah, because, but I'm almost under the impression that he was actually hunting her because, you know, she said, I'm carrying out what my brother never finished. Hold on. Go back. I'm saying, so Sauron kills her brother. Okay. And then it, I remember the whole show, she's saying she's carrying on what her brother could never finish. And I'm assuming that was, what, hunting down the rest of evil and destroying them? Or I, I think that's what they were getting at. Okay, or was it just killing Sauron? So that's why I was curious if he was actually just so happened to be in a battle and died, and no, Sauron I, so happened if, to kill him. If I'm not mistaken, in the Cimmerillion, her brother dies in prison with Baron under being captive of Sauron. Yeah. And... Um, Baron is the only one that survives the 
the uh, imprisonment. Right. But I could be getting mixed up with another... I want to say it was Gladriel's brother that dies fighting Morgoth. And I'm trying to remember if she had more than one brother. I can't. I Actually, I believe she did have another brother when I did a little research on it. I, but they never really talk about him. It was just kind of like, yeah, she has another brother. And I, I'm trying to remember if... Was was her brother Finrod? Because I'm pretty sure he dies I fighting Morgoth in the first age. Very... I... Is he the one that, uh, I don't think he was Gladriel's brother, though. I think I know who you're talking about, who Sarah or Morgoth challenges him to a duel, correct? Yeah, and he gets who, humiliated, but wins. To people who don't know who Morgoth is, let me clarify here. Morgoth was, you know, one of the most dangerous men in all of, not really Middle-earth. He's Middle not Earth. a man. Well, he's, he's, <laughs> he is the most powerful member of the Valar. Yeah. He is essentially, he is essentially the most powerful angel in creation, yeah, and and um, he's basically literally Satan. So just to <laughs> clarify, he's Sauron's basically mentor, which they never really go into a lot of details on like how like much he mentored him. But he was like he was like the right Sauron was like the right hand man to Morgoth. So um, yes, I do remember Morgoth challenging an elf to a duel, and you know, kind of egged him on and everything. And I believe he he killed him right then and there. I can't remember. But it was a long beer. But that's though. off the subject of this. We could talk all day probably about the Cimmerillion and trying to figure out. Well, I'm also, only bringing this up to say that Gladriel's brother's death has been changed in some manner. Yeah. It was definitely in the first age. Well, that's the other thing too with uh, a lot of these books it, like, you know, we could sit here and be like, "Oh, well this happened." It's like, but there's so many different iterations and different notes. It's like it's all up to interpretation really on like what you know, his ideas were. <laughs> Not this. This is pretty set in stone. Well, the, the Cimmerillion <laughs> is, but there's still, but there are a lot of notes that never made it into the book of different ideas of where the story yeah. could go. Yeah, I don't know if, there's probably nobody on this planet that's read the the, thir- the, the 12 to 13 volume, depending on who's counting, <laughs> edited notes titled The History of Middle-Earth. It's like 5,000 pages long, and there's no way I'm ever going to read that. Yeah. So, anyway, we need to move on here because we've already talked way too long about you all this. You can edit it out. Yeah. No, that's fine. <laughs> um, so, now we're going to move on to... Uh, so, yeah. So, Gladriel, that's basically her whole determination to find Sauron and kill him and destroy evil once and for all. The, the, I guess you could say she is one of the most... One of the main characters, but it's more of an ensemble. And she, frankly, I think she's probably one of the only good... Anytime it's Gladriel and even Alron. Uh, uh, Gladriel and Alron. All those scenes, I think, are fine and great. Elrond did surprise me because I read... And they were talking about Elrond. And, you know, Amazon put out this thing and they described him as an ambitious politician. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at the guy's face and he's got this chin that makes it look like that you want to punch him. <laughs> You know, no offense to the actor. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, but you know, the character won me over. Uh, who who is the Dor- Uthrin? No, Durin. Durin. Thank you. Yes. I don't know why I was thinking Uthrin. I don't, um, I don't know either. Yeah, Durin. Those scenes, just them sitting around talking. I I could watch a whole show of just those guys standing around talking all day, and you actually believe their friendship, and. Um, I I think that's one of my favorite qualities of the show, and it's Elrond, Durin, and Gladriel, and even um, Isildur's father. Uh, what's his name? Ellen Deal. Yeah, thank you, Ellen Deal. Yes, he is my favorite character. Yeah, in the show I by really far. like. Yeah, I like Ellen Deal a lot too. 
Um, but those those are my only favorite characters. Uh, who is that human woman and the uh, elf? They're <sighs> terrible. What, what's her name? It's like Brian or Brian. It or starts something. with a B. I honestly, but... you know, I, I you could criticize. Oh, he can't even remember her name after watching like twelve episodes. I'm gonna let you know. I listened to the Game of Thrones audiobooks years back, and it wasn't until I got about four books in that I could remember everybody's name. Yeah. So I'm not gonna hold that much against them. So, all right. So now I'll catch you up to speed on where we're at. So obviously, Gladriel is. Uh, She's been hunting Sauron forever. The elves are getting kind of annoyed with her. Her whole, you know, band of elves that she has with her hunting Sauron. How long were they? Have they been like hunting Sauron? For? I, I think Gilgalad said that they were hunting for about two or three centuries. Yeah. So pretty much, it gets to the point where the elves are really sick of her and mutiny against yeah, they her. They want to go home. And they're like, <laughs> "We want to go home. We're done." But she's like, "Well, we have another clue." And they're like, "Nope, we're going home." And they mutiny against her, bring her back, so that way they can get. It's it's kind of one of those things where it's like you're getting demoted because you no, know, it's more like you're getting promoted. But it, we're giving you a promotion. We're putting you far away, so you stop causing trouble. That's basically what they do to Gladriel. And where they, where do they try sending her? To, uh, to Valinor. Yeah, Valinor, which is kind of like the heaven of elves. Is that what is that what you'd be kind of think? <laughs> Not it exactly. It's it's you know you could roughly describe it like yeah. that. It is the Undying Shores. Uh, it's it's where most of the elves have lived throughout most of Middle Earth history. Aside from a lot of the ones that stayed in Middle Earth when mm-hmm. they appeared on land, but you know over there there isn't any evil left after Morgoth leaves. It's the last evil thing to happen there, right? And it's overlooked directly by Valar, which is you know the the assembly of good angels that aren't on Morgoth's side. So moving on from here, so Al she doesn't want to go, and Alron convinces her. He's like, listen, the High Elf King—that's what they call him, right? They call him the High Elf. He's king. the high. He's the high. He's the High King. Yes. Of Middle Earth. Yes. So he's the High King of Middle Earth, and he tells her, he's like, listen, Sauron is gone, and if he's not, I swear to you that I will finish what you. If he ever comes back, I will finish it, and you don't. I, I need actually to work. really like that bit of dialogue. Yeah, I was. I was worried that they were going to change it into Elrond being, you know, a mansplainer and trying to get on Gladriel's nerves. But when he talks to her, it is completely out of compassion yeah. and devotion to her friendship. And here's what I find interesting now that we're on the subject of Elrond and Gladriel. Um, when I was doing a little research, Gladriel is related, like, is Arwen's uh, grandmother. grandmother. Yeah. Now, are they actually, re- like, in the show, it doesn't really, impl- now, is it more like one of those things, oh, you're her godmother or no, something type she thing, is, or is she actually her grandmother? Gladriel is the mother of Elrond's wife, who has not been mentioned in the show. I don't know if Gladriel has any children. So they're probably not even, time. they're not even really going to mention this, you think? No, I think actually it will come up at some point. You will actually, it's never mentioned in the movies, but there are deleted scenes that did not make the DVD cut or extended edition. You can find photos of Elrond and Arwen going to Lothlorien when they're trying to get aid to Helm's Deep. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's probably some unpublished dialogue of Gladriel talking to Arwen as a grandmother. Maybe. But Peter Jackson did say, you know, eventually in like 50 years or something like that. He always joked it's the 25th anniversary cut of the movie with all the the crazy stuff they filmed that didn't make the cut, like Eowyn, 
uh, cutting off Rukai head yeah. stuff, and I don't know if the movie would be good because there's so much craziness but I definitely want to see oh, it oh I someday. would love to see that cut <laughs> even though I wouldn't consider it canon it would be great there, to it watch would be a lot of fun yeah so um, in the show they don't really mention that they don't they, they certainly show like a great friendship between Alron and Gladriel and so finally she agrees that she'll she'll leave Middle Earth and then right before she passes through the light to go to this, uh, what do you call it? Valinor. Valinor. She has second thoughts and it's just she just jumps ship in the middle of no. It's like she is in the middle of the ocean, no land around her. And uh, did you you mentioned a while ago if you were gonna actually uh, look in to see if that was actually like. Initially, uh, I thought I had read or heard somewhere that she did swim across the entire ocean. Mm-hmm. But when I went back through Unfinished Tales and the Cimmerillion, I couldn't find anything in it about it. You think it? You think it must have been like a note or something that was not really published in a book or something like that that you read? Or I would go so far as to say I am not comfortable defending that position at this time. That's fine. <laughs> That's a very political thing to say. <laughs> I couldn't find any evidence for. It. I don't know where I got the idea from. But I will say there were several different versions of Gladriel's life story. It certainly sounds like something Gladriel would do. Just swim for nine, like Beowulf, just swimming. <laughs> I wish it was more like in Beowulf, yeah. where it has the huge waist, but the ocean's perfectly calm. Yeah, and she's just But swimming. it's actually, aside from you know the flashback to the bad boat floats dialogue, yeah. it's beautiful. Because I'd always wondered how you would film you know, sailing to the Undying Shores. Like, at the end of Lord of the Rings trilogy, mm-hmm. Frodo and Bilbo go with Gandalf and Elrond and Galadriel and Caliborn, which didn't happen. Caliborn wasn't there in the no, book show. We'll get to Caliborn later. <laughs> and I always wondered, how would, what would that even look like? And I think that the visuals of that, they absolutely knocked it out of the park. Yeah. I thought it looked perfect. Exactly it, it, how I would picture yeah, it. it. It was pretty cool looking, I will say that. Um... And it was kind of, you know, an emotional moment where, you know, she's kind of given up this great honor. But I feel like she didn't earn it. She pro- That's probably what she was thinking. She's like, I feel like I didn't really earn this. This is more like them just sending me away because they're kind of annoyed and I have unfinished business with uh, Sauron. So she jumps ship and then she... Literally. Jump ship. Yeah, yeah she definitely jumped ship. <laughs> she jumped ship and then... Uh, you probably was swimming for a couple of days, or who doesn't really say. No, it doesn't say. Yeah. Really. But she comes across this little crap, like. Shipwreck. Know. Yeah, shipwreck. It, it's a little confusing. Yeah. But it, it's a shipwreck. Yeah. And it's basically a raft at this yeah, point. Yeah, a raft at this point. And she comes aboard. She's kind of hiding her ears. and For about two seconds. Yeah. And then they all realize she's an elf, and then they want to kill her because they're racist. They, they don't want to kill her. They want her off the raft because they don't want her taking their jabs or something. <laughs> yeah. Quite literally. <laughs> So that whole scene was just kind of weird, and I don't even know what this is. That creature, that water... It's just a sea monster. Okay, so there's no... nothing... They called it a great worm, which I thought was really odd, because I don't remember that ever being used to refer to sea creatures. Typically, mm-hmm. dragons are referred to as worms. So at first, I thought that there was going to be a dragon, like a sea dragon, and I thought that would be really cool. It just looked like a giant... Yeah, giant I wasn't sure if there was some sort something. of like lore or something like that that I was unaware of. So there was kind of like an Easter egg type so, And then she befriends this guy. What's his name? Well, that depends. Are you asking what his name is or are you asking what he says his name is? <laughs> what, is what does he say his name is? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> because I just don't call him that. This very handsome, fair man. That, that she... I did not like at first until I re- realized shortly after who he was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he... 
there they say that he is uh, the king of men. You know, he's king of the Southlands. Yeah, king of the Southlands. And uh, Gladriel befriends him, and then she tries to learn more about him, and hoping that he is the king savior yeah. to, to to unite the Southlands yes. and fight off the, you know, the evils of yes. Sauron that nobody knows about because nobody's seen him. Yeah. <laughs> so he's kind of an interesting character, and Elisha and I kind of had the same idea on who he was right in the beginning. We're like, oh, it was like this could be interesting, and I really think it could have been interesting. They blew it. They blew it. <laughs> they blew it. But it could have been interesting if they actually, like I said, when I said it felt like they rushed things, they if they played his character out for another season and slowly started like showing like what kind of character he could be, I think it would have been great. But we're getting ahead of ourselves here. So anyway, so they are taken to Numenor. Oh, sorry, a ship comes by who is, uh, I always forget the and, king's name. And he's not the king. They're not the king, the... Alendil. Alendil shows up on his ship. Father of Isildur. Yes. And, and all of his manly macho-ness and his great beard. <laughs> yes. And his awesome voice and his cool armor. And his awesome hair. He does have beautiful hair. Yeah. So, yes. Uh, he shows up and uh, kind of rescues a few of them. Uh, but all that's left, I believe, I believe all the other people got eaten by the sea Yeah, worm. it's just Gladriel and uh, yeah. What's-His-Face. Yeah, Gladriel and What's-His-Face. Um, so, the king of the Southlands, yes. So, they... They save them and they take them to the great city of Numenor. It's not a city. Numenor is the island. It's the kingdom of Numenor. It's the kingdom of Numenor. It's still a city. They take them to a city in Numenor. <laughs> yes. They take them to the city in Numenor, which is beautiful. I didn't. I actually still don't know too much about Numenor. I've learned a little bit more since then, but I'll let Elisha talk about more about Numenor. Oh, uh, there's not really much to talk about. I'll say that you can clearly see... That in the courtyard and stuff, and you have the white tree. Mm-hmm. It is heavily designed and inspired off from Minas Tirith. Oh yeah, which in makes sense. Movies because the people of Numenor go on to create the kingdom of Gondor. Yes. So it looks a lot of it looks like that in its architecture. You want to go into a little backstory about uh, how Numenor came to be? Do you know too much about that? I can if you want me to. It's going to be a first-stage rant. Uh, well, uh, can you sum it up? So. I, I will try, but it is out of the blue. The, the At the time in the first age, there was a final battle between... You know, the, the men, elves, and I believe some dwarves were battling Morgoth. And Morgoth had evil men and you know people on his side. And as a reward for the faithfulness of those that fought alongside the Valar and the elves against Morgoth... The Valar created, raised an island up from the ocean and allowed the people that were loyal to the Valar to live there and bless them with longer life. So they live, you know, sometimes up to two, some live up to 400 years old. Yeah. So, and for those of you who don't really know, that is who Aragorn basically is a descendant from. Yeah. So when uh, Eowyn says to him in the movie, you're you one of the Dúnedain. The Dúnedain, yes. Yes, you're one of the Dúnedain. Uh, it says you have been blessed with long life. That is where Aragorn's heritage is basically from, and that explains. Which I, it's funny to think that I actually didn't know a lot about this. I will give the show that credit, you know, because when I start finding out more about this, I start researching it more, and I thought that was a really interesting part. Yeah. Bit, bit things happen to Numenor and the, the Dunedain or the faithful Numenorians left. Yes. So they take him to Numenor and uh, people aren't liking that an elf is in their uh, ranks. Oh, it, it was laughably bad. It's pretty bad. They're going to take our germs. It, it is in. There is stuff in 
in Unfinished Tales about this. But the, the, at one point, you know, there's a big, you know, anti-protest outside. And it was the only time where the show really felt politically stupid, like it was a jab at Trump voters or something. (laughs) And, you know, they're out there, it's like, we don't want these elves taking our jobs. You're the most wealthy mortal kingdom in the world. And trust me. You live for hundreds of years. Yeah. And it's like, and you all have guilds, so no, you know they, they all have guilds, which are essentially unions. So nobody could actually take their job. It made no sense. Yes, and then also not only that, it's like the elves don't want yeah, your well, land. Why do the elves want your The jobs? elves have much better they don't want things your to do. Job. Yeah, <laughs> the elves are way better off than you guys. So you know, it, it was supposed to be, I'm sure, tying into the whole immigration issue in the Maybe. U.S. But it's like it's not. It's not like we have doctors coming, you know, that would be like doctors coming from the borders that have American accreditation and they're coming into hospitals and taking jobs. That's about the comparison. Yeah. It's not it's not at all like real life. It's it's crazy. And here's <laughs> the thing. It's like I could totally understand that people would be mad that if they if word got out and they're like Gladriel's here trying, this elf's here trying to get us to fight a war that isn't ours. Like, we don't want to go fight it. That could have been more interesting. I could have been like, okay, you know, I, 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 would, get, I would understand that. We don't want to go fight a war that isn't ours. So, yeah, kind of like uh, today, but let's not talk about <laughs> Yeah, no, we're not talking about video will get flagged. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, that could have been an interesting aspect. So then, uh, Gladriel has been brought into the Queen region. Uh, don't know too much about her. I'm not a fan of the actress whatsoever. Yeah, because you're mad at her for being recasted in Spartacus. I am, uh, but we're not getting into that. That's, that's a different thing. That's you got to review her performance. I will show. say this. I didn't like her at first, and I, I will say at the end of the series, I tolerated her. <laughs> the problem is... The problem with her character is simply the writing. It's not the acting. They, they introduce her character, and she's... Nothing like the character that they wanted her to be. At first, I thought that they were going off from the story in Unfinished Tales, and they were going to base her off from the Mariner's Wife. Mm-hmm. And I thought that would have been a very interesting take, because she was a very embittered woman, and mm-hmm. it would have been very interesting to see her in a Queen Regent role. I don't think they're doing that at all anymore. And... So they start out, and she's really bitter and obnoxious in the first episode or two, and then all of a sudden she's she's one of the good guys, and she's helping Gladriel, and it's completely out of left field. It, yeah. It was it was like one person wrote one episode, and then the next wrote another episode, and nobody checked the continuity between the two. So she's bitter, and she uh, she's bitter against Gladriel being there. Doesn't want her there. Tries to send her on her way back to Middle Earth. Even offers a ship and everything. And um, her little companion, the king of the Southlands, uh, starts starting with some mischief because he wants to uh, go be a smith and make stuff. Yeah, go make stuff and completely uh, uh, un. No, there's no malicious intent in whatever. No, he's not up at to. all. He just there's wanted no, a job. He just wants to be a smith and work in smithing on Numenor for no particular reason. And he has no. He has. He does not want to go back to Middle Earth. He does not want to be king of the Southlands or anything. But we don't know that yet. Uh, he does not want to be king of the Southlands, and he just wants to be a smith. But you have to have the special like medallion saying you have that to have a, basically citizenship. No, it's not citizenship. It's a guild crest. Yes, but you it, have to be a member of a guild. Yes. So uh, he tries stealing one so he can be a smith. You know, and just and have a he job. Goes insane and yeah, and he uh, beats up some people, possibly kills somebody in the yeah, process. It was very violent. And after I saw that, I thought, yeah, I'm pretty sure I know who this is. Yeah. <laughs> 
So uh, he gets arrested. I don't think anybody died because they were kind of like too willing to let him out of prison for any reason. <laughs> but uh, so he gets thrown in prison. Gladro gets thrown in prison again. But then she gets pulled up by the Queen Regent. And then the Queen Regent brings her up to a plant here and says, I've seen the fall of Numenor and I believe it's because you're here and that's why I want to send you home. And then she lets Gladriel see in the plant here and she as well sees a great flood. That, that plantier thing doesn't make any sense. No. There, there was a special plantier, but the, what bothered me was Gladriel saying, I've, I've looked into plantier, plantieria before. Mm-hmm. Uh, the plantieri were Numenorean tools. I can't think of an instance where Gladriel would have used one. Well, also, mistake <laughs> me if I'm wrong, I believe there were only three plantiers. No, there, was, there were quite a few. Was there? Okay. Uh, just a little research I was looking into, I thought I only saw... I, th- I think by the Third Age, there were only around three known That's probably what I'm thinking. And one of them sunk on a ship, I believe, right? I can't remember. By the end of The Lord of the Rings, I, the only two left for sure were Saruman's that mm-hmm. was locked away in Isengard for a long time, and then there was Denethor's plant here. Yeah. But that thing went corrupted because Denethor was insane. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's not surprising. So... Um, so she sees the the fall of Numenor, which is basically just a giant flood. That that's it. That's all they see. They just see Numenor, just a giant. And Numenor, mind you, is like a giant island. So a great flood would be kind of weird to come in. So then um, she somehow I don't understand this. She's like, I want you gone. And I think the fall of Numenor is because you're here. And then next thing you know, Gladriel convinces her, hey, you know, why don't you go help us fight this war on Middle-earth? And she's like, okay, I'll do it. Um, you, you missed the, the part with the tree? The tree oh, I'm sorry, started, go ahead. The, yeah. the white tree, they even mentioned it in the show, yeah. it, it said to shed its um, you know, flowers and leaves when people when there's danger coming and the Numenorians aren't mm-hmm. behaving, yeah. essentially. And I thought it was actually a cop-out because the Queen Regent sees the tree shedding, and then she knows that she's doing the wrong thing by sending Gladriel away. So it really made her character look very weak that she couldn't make an important decision without literally nature telling her exactly what to do. I completely forgot about that part, honestly. But I've only it, watched the show It would once. have been way more powerful if she decided without knowing mm-hmm. and had to live with the consequences. Yeah, that's true. So they end up, uh, so now we're going to cut to a Sealdor. A Sealdor is a shipman, and he's really good at his job, and he doesn't want to be a shipman. And uh, Do we have to talk about a Sealdor in the show? Uh, just briefly. Let me just sum it up. A Sealdor is kind of, I'm hoping that his character gets better. It's He's not. there for eye candy. Yeah. He's there to make to make the girls go, ooh, he's oh, no. cute. That's his father. He's there for the eye candy. He's there for the <laughs> No, that's what the king of the Southlands is there for. He's there yeah, for Yeah, they're both there for that. Yeah. So uh, he's, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's pr- You're proud people if you're on a ship and, you know, if you're on a ship and, you know, he's trying to make his dad proud, but he doesn't want to be a shipman. He wants to go... Travel the world and be. I, I, I don't. I didn't understand that. 
anyway, so he sabotages himself so that way he doesn't get promoted on a ship or anything like that. But because he sabotaged himself, he also sabotaged his friends who were dying to be on this ship, and now they hate him. I don't remember him actively sabotaging himself. Oh, yeah, no, he purposely let the rope go so that way the sail would fly off. I thought he just got distracted and it slipped No, he purposely let it go. Okay, I'll take your word for it. I don't want to rewatch that episode. No, (laughs) he purposely sabotaged himself, and that's why his friends were getting mad, and they're like, we don't... Just because you don't want to be on the ship doesn't mean you have to drag us down. And that wasn't just because time. you're afraid of the ocean doesn't mean I have to be. <laughs> What's that from? Finding Nemo. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I was gonna say it sounded really familiar. Um, so uh, right after that, uh, he he gets kicked off the ship. His dad's disappointed in him, and he says, "You got to man up and be a man." Stop some, being a deadbeat. Yeah, stop a being a deadbeat. But then they start uh, asking for volunteers to go to Middle Earth and fight this war, but they're all, they're not asking people to go. They're asking for volunteers, and Isildur himself, he's like, this is my chance to shine. And But because he showed that he was a deadbeat, nobody wants him. Yeah, it's, exactly. So, I mean, it's, it's, not even, it's not even like he has a character arc in this season. Yeah. Uh, he also has a sister. Don't really know where that's going. Yeah, yeah. It was really weird because when she was in the show, I assumed they were going to do something with her character. And... It felt like there was supposed to be another episode in the last season. I think in the last up in the last finale. I'm hoping that this is the first time that they actually like, because normally how I said you know they're always rushing things. I feel like her character is going to come into play in the second season, and they're actually setting her up now. It's it's a blank slate because she's not in Unfinished Tales. Yeah. So, you know, Sealer had a brother in Unfinished Tales, mm-hmm. which isn't referenced anywhere yeah. in the show or in the Lord of the Rings Nothing. movies. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if maybe they're going to try and give her some of those roles that his brother was supposed to have. Right. That could be. Um, so she, she's kind of quirky, kind of fun. Yeah. And, and she's very, I, if I had to guess, she probably only has five minutes of screen time in the whole season. It, like, it's, not it's, a very, lot. it's very little. I kind of like her, but it's, I have a feeling I'm going to end up hating her in the second season, depending on where her character goes. Um, so after that, they finally get to Middle Earth, and then, uh, man, I don't want to talk about this character. The elf and the human relationship. Those, yeah, I don't even know how. I don't even know his name. He's just an elf that every that well, a lot he's of a watch guard. What is he? He's he's just a guard. Yeah, essentially in the Southlands, which is where Morgoth's armies were recruiting a lot of men. The elves are stationed there, keeping an eye on them. So it's essentially an occupied territory. And initially people were saying, oh, it's stupid. There's no animosity between humans and elves in the books. You're, see, I don't remember it saying there wasn't mm-hmm. anywhere that's, that's made up. So I thought it was quite reasonable that the people of the Southlands wouldn't like elves being there. You know, that guy said he was there for seven decades, I think. Yeah. So these people have spent just their lifetimes, maybe their grandparents had occupied elves, and they're sick of these guys breathing down their necks, so they don't like them. I get that. I know. I totally get that. I'm just saying the character is not done well at all. And then he's having this secret relationship with this boy's mother. It's not even a secret relationship. It's not even a relationship, really. It really implies that they have a thing going on. It implies they have a thing that might be going on very soon. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure something's been going on. Nothing's been going on yet. Anyway, so there's this elf who's having a relationship with this town's mother who is not, like, in charge of any capability, but somehow takes charge of the town. I'm glad you brought this up. (laughs) Because in, in the early episode, she's there. 
and it's making it look like nobody respects her opinion. And I feel like that they wanted to write a character arc for this woman becoming a leader. But they forgot to write the becoming part. So she's there, nobody respects her, and then all of a sudden she's just kind of in charge. Yeah. After an episode no, or so. No, yeah, it's like... And it's so weird. It's, you didn't... Where's the progression of people accepting her as their leader? Yeah. It came out of nowhere. Yep. So, she, and she has an annoying kid. Theo. Is that his name, Theo? Yes. Easy that, for us to yeah, remember. Yeah, easy for us to remember. <laughs> um, yeah, so little Theo. How does he come across this blade? I can't even remember. It's very poorly done in the show. I can't. It's you, so You remember that crotchety old man that's talking about the return of the master? Oh, yeah, it was his, right? It was in his barn, and Theo just finds it, but it doesn't show him finding it. He tells somebody that he found it, and then they look at it in the guy's barn. So it's not like you are seeing it for the first time, and there's no context between... Why was Theo in that guy's barn? Yeah. This was a creepy old man who's basically a secret worshiper of Saron. It would be like, oh, there's a Satanist down the block. I'm going to go into his barn and see if yeah. I can find something. So Why after he that? finds this blade, it's just it's basically just a blade hilt, like a broken blade of Gondor is basically what it looks like. And uh, uh, Gondor? Uh, 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 a Lendil's sword. Oh, it's broke. It's broken. It's broken like it yeah. is what I'm saying. It's a broken blade, broken hilt, and you know when the kid picks it up, it marks him with this. Uh, uh, what is it? You 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 stab the bottom of the hilt into your arm, mm -hmm. and the blood seems to cause the blade to grow in a smoky, burning fashion. It's really weird. I don't know where they got this idea from. Yeah, never. I, I, I was interested to see where they were going with it, and then I saw where they were going with it, and then I thought, why did that sword need to exist? Yeah. I, <laughs> And the whole time you're like, okay, so basically, Sauron apparently is looking for this sword. And you're... No, hold on. The orcs in the mysterious orc, Lord Servant Guy, yeah. are looking for the sword. Yeah. Sauron has not appeared in this show beyond Gladriel's uh, recollections. Stop right there. Wink, wink. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Stop right there. We're getting too far ahead of ourselves. But anyway, it's heavily implied Sauron is looking for the sword, but it's actually... Which you you yell at me for saying this. He's basically a dark elf, and what I meant by that when I said dark elf, there is a technical term yes, for dark elf. Let me finish. To me, a dark elf is somebody who goes bad. I don't think you call him a dark elf. I think you called him a gray elf. No, dark elf. Whatever you call them, there was a technical term for it, and I didn't agree yeah. with it, and yes. I got mad at and you. Because you said that that's a whole, whole different species yes. and all that. Not and different I, species. It's it would be different. Like, uh, different. Uh, it'd be like. It'd be like the difference between a Yankee and yeah. somebody from Texas. So my point, all, all American. My point <laughs> is, when I was talking about a dark elf, I was really referring to like an elf that's not a good elf. He's a bad elf, and um, <sighs> the thing that I hate about this show, Elisha, is it pretends we're dumb. Oh yeah, it, 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 like the final season of Sherlock, yeah. where they dumbed down the logic of it, and then all of a sudden I was smarter than so Sherlock. So sometimes it's good if you just let the the you let it play out, and you just let people speculate and try and figure it out for themselves. This show does things where sometimes they'll even use subtext and be like, "This is this place." And you're like, oh, I had no idea, but I'll, I'll get to that in Sometimes a second. Sometimes I thought that was pretty useful, but they only did it in the first episode properly. No. Where it would yeah. use the map to show you where they were. Oh, yeah. No, I like that. that. Was helpful. It was almost like a Game of Thrones thing where it was like, hey, we're going to, not, I'm using this as an example, we're going to La Florian. And then the, 
the camera the Indiana Jones camera shot yeah and it'll show like the Middle Earth map and it'll show like where they are oh we're going to Moria and you know it'll, it'll pan over not Moria Casadum yeah Casadum not Moria yet yeah so you know it, it does certain things like that so now we need to backtrack a little bit because we completely forgot about our two favorite characters uh, Elrond and Durin Right? Durin the I think he's Durin the Third. Durin the Third. I think. Just, let's just and, call him Durin to avoid angry people. And so Elrond is sent to go make peace with these dwarves, and he doesn't really know why he was sent there yet. He's just sent there to go, you know, make friends Please with don't the dwarves. Talk about the Mintrial. <laughs> don't make me do it. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about the Minthril yet, don't worry. <laughs> and I'll, I'll sub up the Minthril. This is more about... You'll get it wrong. No, no, no. I'm not talking about the Minthril. Don't worry. Um, so he shows up there, knocking on the door, and he's with... Uh, oh, what's his name who makes the rings? Uh, well, that hasn't happened yet. No, but he, he's with him. He's with Calabrimborn. Calabrimborn. Yes. Uh, and they're trying to get inside to see with the, to meet with the dwarves, and they're refusing to let yeah, him they, in. Yeah, they open up the peephole. They say nobody gets in to see the wizard and close it. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, I'll let you take it from here, and I'll let you give your little uh, spiel on what you were hoping for. And we were heavily disappointed because I was hoping for the same El- thing. Elrond invokes a right against the dwarves to challenge Durin to a contest because they won't let him in. But by invoking this right... They are forced to let him in. That way, Durin can, you know, accept the challenge and fight it honorably. But it's just a really lame stone smashing competition. They just smash stones with hammers, and whoever gives up first wins. And I really thought that they were, you know, they were parading Elrond in, and they had all this army and all these dwarves cheering, and Durin walks in, and they start stink eyeing each other. And I really thought. It was going to be a ridiculous frap style drinking game. Which I think would have been great. Whoever passes out first loses, (laughs) is what I thought was going to happen. And it's just, well, I'm going to smash the stone. Okay, now I'm going to smash my stone. Yeah. That was really underwhelming. It's true. A drinking game would have been funny. Uh, And then. And then it would have been nice review, a uh, reveal too that they were actually because they never really said that they were friends. He was just sent there, and I was like, oh, they actually have a past in history. And Durin is a little butthurt about uh, Elrond because Elrond just kind of disappeared after a while, and he's mad at him because he's like, you, you left, you just disappeared. He's like, you, you never saw me get married. You never saw met my children. He's like, that's a lifetime. To you elves, it's it's like time probably means nothing to you guys. You just let time pass by and you don't even think about like the people that you're leaving behind. And I thought that was a very good moment. I, I believe it's quite literal in Tolkien's work that the elves literally don't feel the pull of time. Yeah, they literally don't. They don't notice it going by. They don't think about it. Yeah. So I, I thought that was a great thing to bring up. I did like that aspect. Uh, they, these two are probably my definitely favorite part of the show is Durin and Elrond. And it's funny because I had no idea that that was – like I did not think that was going to be my favorite part of the show. And their friendship uh, watching – that is something they did do well, taking time and rebuilding that friendship and actually making you fall in love with these characters. And I really enjoyed that. And it shows a new aspect of Elrond that I never saw before. Or, like even in the books or in the uh, show, so I I, I kind of liked it. Yeah, Elrond, it's very odd in the movies. The you're gonna be mad when I say this, but they actually did a very poor job representing him 
Not to say that the acting and writing wasn't good, but it was nothing like Book Elrond. He's essentially a racist elf in the Peter Jackson movies. It's because of Men of the World's End. The dwarves care for no one. You know, they stay in their holes and all this stuff. But Elrond is his name is literally half elven. His his you know he has a human grandparent. He has elf lineage and. Like his great great grandmother was a Meyer mm-hmm. angel. It's like he has pretty diverse genetic makeup. Yeah. <laughs> but so him complaining about him complaining about uh, the how weak men are. It's like your name is Elrond half Elvin. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, but I, I will say I kind of agree with you. Maybe the annotation wasn't too great with the Peter Jackson uh, stuff with him, but. Uh, I do like what they did with him in the show. I really enjoyed it. I think they're going to have him become more embittered yeah. over time from the world and be less friendly True. by the end of it. Probably. You, you might be That way it grows right. into the newer version of Alaron. Yeah. Uh, to give it a more uh, cohesive story, I think is the word I'm yeah. looking for. Uh, so it is revealed, like, Durin thinks Elrond's there for a sneaky reason. He's like, well, why are you here? I feel like if you're here, you want something. And Elrond seriously said to him, he's like, I just came to see my friend. And Elrond is not wrong. He did He did go there to see his friend. Uh, and they were asking for permission to build something. like They wanted to build a great forge. Yeah, a great forge. And that was it. Nothing, I think. You know, nothing too harmful or anything like that. But Durin and his father knew. He knew that he was there for a reason. And Alron was left out some information that he was not a privy to. Right? I think he used that word, right? <laughs> I would avoid using that word at yeah, the moment. Yeah. Um, so Alrun was really sent there to uh, spy in some ways and find a solution to their tree dying. Yeah. I'm not too familiar with this part it, of the it, lore. I'm going to keep it PG, but yeah. if if I were allowed to say this and I knew nobody was going to watch it, you know, I would just I would describe it in BS without the abbreviation. It they make up this crazy stuff that is loosely inspired on what's happening to the elves. The power in Middle-earth is fading, so they have to go to the Undying Lands, otherwise, you know, the their, what is essentially their immortality, yes. or what you might call it, will fade, and I believe the implications of that would be they become mortal, mm-hmm. mortal men, essentially, and die. So they need to stop this blight from seeping away their power, and it doesn't really make sense because in this it looks like some dark evil poison yeah, in the like, trees and stuff. Yeah, but it's, it's not. It's not like that. Yeah, it makes no sense. And the solution, like, oh the, boy, the solution. The, the first, so their solution <laughs> is. Uh, they think the dwarves found something called Mintrel. Which they did find. Which they did find, but that's not the solution on more the ring part, is, but we'll get to that. Um, so they think the Mintrel is the solution to saving their dying trees and their mortality and all that. I should that. probably explain it how. The, the Mintrel in this show... Okay, I'm going to describe this, and it's going to sound really stupid, because it is. In this show's version, a Balrog was fighting a great elf over a tree, over this elf great tree. I can't remember the name of the elf. I think it was a famous elf that died in the Battle of Gondolin, even. Mm -hmm. And thunder strikes the tree, and the, uh, the power of the elf 
and the Balrog fighting in front of the tree goes through the roots of the tree into the ground and because of the roots and electricity going through the ground it sprinkles in veins all over the mm -hmm. mountains and creates mithril metal veins and it has magical powers that stop elf power from fading <laughs> and it is just the most fan fiction thing I've ever heard of anybody writing. It, I just looked at it and I thought, that is so stupid. To me, to me, <laughs> that doesn't bother me that much. But the solution at the end of the show is what kind of... I was like, that's all you had to do? <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so we're getting too far ahead of ourselves here. So, uh, where do we go from here now? Um, well, eventually Elrond figures out Gilglad tells him why he was there and explains an oh, yes. entrail for him. And fortunately, they don't drag it out where Elrond has to lie about it. He just confesses, Durin, I didn't know that this is why they sent me, but this is why I'm actually mm -hmm. here with you. And Durin, out of compassion for his friend and a bit of ambition, decides to try and mine Mintrail against his father's wish, and it causes all this family drama. Which was actually done well. Yeah, it, it, Durin's father was a really good character he for was. what little he had. Every everybody, like I said, everything with Durin and his father and even Alron, even even Durin's wife, I actually liked her. Yeah, what's weird is her character randomly takes a one eighty turn at the last episode. Yeah, but I actually like her character. She's in one moment she's kind housewife, and then the last minute of the episode she's like, "We're gonna mind this because it's ours." <laughs> but let's not really talk about that. It's not yeah, too but yet. we don't know what the ramifications are going to be. In the I next do know season. what the this ramifications <laughs> of Mighty Moon are because they show it. It's just like the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> what happens to Casa Doom? Because of the mining. The, the, remember, this show thinks we're stupid and we're not going to figure it out. the audience hasn't seen Lord of the Rings. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, so we'll come back to them later on. We got really far ahead of ourselves there. Um, I think you should explain a topic as it comes. Yeah. <laughs> so now we're going to cut to the elf that has that weird relationship with the human. He gets captured by orcs. And that whole thing is dragged <laughs> out. And the, 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 the horse in the water. <laughs> and they're standing. I was just watching this. I thought, who? What was the reaction filming this? Because it, it looks like they're all trying not to laugh because of how stupid the whole thing is. What made me laugh was when all these elves are captured by orcs and they're, you know, they're they're being slaved to like dig trenches and stuff like that. And and. When they're trying to escape, they're like, bring out the ward. And this ward looks like a cartoon character. It has big, like, golem eyes. And it looks almost like a cartoon hyena. I, I'm going to... Uh, oh, my goodness. I'm going to refer back. I don't watch a lot of Ben Shapiro, but I did click on to one. He, he reviewed the episodes, and I watched one of them. Because I wanted to see if it was just going to be nonsense complaining about it. Uh -huh. and as he described the, the warg as it was coming out, he simply said... So, I believe his exact words were, that is an oddly cute war. <laughs> like, you were thinking. And I started laughing and laughing. And this creature is supposed to be like, you know, the wargs that they send out in the two towers. I, I think there's logic behind it, actually. I think they did this for a reason. They wanted to show a tamer warg before they have had 
thousands of years to breed them to be more aggressive. Probably. So the, the intentionally, I think, made it look more like a dog that way it would show its corruption over the ages. Maybe. I might be reading that's too much not, into that. That's not a bad theory, but you, it was laughable. Yeah, it looked, it looked really <laughs> it's, silly. I was like, what the heck is that thing? <laughs> oh, I am so scared. Like, granted, I mean, I wouldn't want to be bitten by a dog either, but like... There's that one woman that goes to fight and she does a big spear twirl. Yeah. And it looks like she's going to, you know, get a fight. And the, the thing just tears her to shreds yeah. instantly. So, you know, as cute as this puppy is, don't mess around with it. It's still very yeah. large and very... But dangerous. it looked... It didn't look... Yeah, it was an ugly, cute... Warg. Yeah. It was, and it looked like a cartoon character. It really did. It looked ridiculous. That that whole scene had really bad editing problems too. Yeah. At one point, somebody throws a spear at the warg, but from where they're standing, and then the the frame cuts to another angle. And it looks like the spear came from, you know, like thirty feet in another direction. Yeah. There are a lot of problems like that. Yeah. So basically, the elves are trying to escape after this capture, and they're like, okay, as long as we plan our escape during the sun, because you know, uh, orcs don't like the sun. If we plan our escape properly during the sun, they can't come after us. If we can get up over the trenches, we'll be we'll be all right. It doesn't work out. Doesn't work out because they have the warg, and then apparently that they had other orcs. I think it was implying that there were orcs outside that trench in the woods and stuff surrounding the area, shooting them with arrows if they I tried don't to Because that's what happened. A couple of elves got up the trench, and then they all got shot with arrows. Oh, yeah. Not from behind. It looked like it came from like the tree line where they were that hiding. Sense, you know, yeah. in the shade. Yeah. Just so, like the shade. Yes. Yes, they fight in the shade. Um, so uh, this evil, uh, evil elf uh, that's basically running this uh, orc army grabs the one elf that has a weird relationship with the woman. Don't even like, that's how forgettable this character is. Um, and he tells him he's like, "I will let you go if you deliver a message for me." I was like, I feel like you could just cut off his head and send his body back, and I'll send the message. I don't but. understand why he can't just go send the message himself. Yeah, just he can I, walk in daylight by the looks of yeah. it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, he wants him to send a message back to the village where his little lady friend is staying, and saying, you know, if you bend the knee to me, you know, almost like I might let you live in in some aspect. It seemed like to me, and he let him go, and then get, get uh, yeah. <laughs> Let, let go of the only trained military yeah. personnel in the area. Go send a message for me. Why don't you send one of your um, hostages that isn't a trained warrior? Yeah. Why would you send back the only person that could form a militia to fight you? Yeah, and also <laughs> it would make sense if, if say, you know, say it was somebody that he knew. He's like, well, they actually know you in the town. If they actually, like, if yeah, this... Yeah, but they don't like them. Yeah. If he, they actually knew him and they liked him, he'd be like, send a message to your people and say this. You know, because then it would have been a little more believable. But so he goes back and uh, he delivers the message, and probably a good like half the people go and bend the knee, and then he starts this whole episode. Stupid, stupid, just stupid. And this was their most action-packed episode. Was all this? So basically, they pull, half the people go join this evil elf. The other half stay, and then they go and try and kill these people. And they're fighting off these orcs, and then they win the battle, and they're all celebrating. But then they go up to the armor and take it off, and it was actually the humans. No, duh. It was the, the people humans that, in- that went to go join them. Did you know that? Who would have thought? He sent them in first. Now, why wouldn't he? Now, <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't he? Now, for 
I feel like I, I think it was mixed. There were some orcs and some there, orcs, mostly and some humans. humans. But I feel like you if you that? no 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 well notice that. But I feel like if. You and I went to go join an evil man. And he's like, good, you're on my team. Now go back to the village where you came from and go kill all those people. And I'm only sending a few orcs with you. I'd be like, you're sending me back at, at the front of the line to go, you know, it reminds me of Southwark, Operation Ivy and the, yeah. the, the, the people, certain people. And I'm like, <laughs> actually, that's what they did. Operation Ivy and the humans. I think it was Operation <laughs> Human Shield. Yes, but that's, that's what the orcs did. Operation Ivy and the humans. Sent the humans in first to go die. And I feel like you and I would be like, yeah, okay, we're going to go march, but we're not going that way. It was just stupid. But uh, granted, they had a nice plan executed. I will say that some of the some of the scenes were okay. Uh, the wagon scenes. Let me start on those. We're not even talking about that. So basically, all hope is like they're winning the battle. Things are doing well for the humans so far. They were losing a little bit when they discovered it was humans, and then the orcs ambushed them. But then the great Numenor army shows up. To come save the day. And uh, I actually, I thought that part, all that, those scenes were actually executed really well. Especially Gladriel fighting on the horse. Um, I keep forgetting Sildor's father's name. Ellen Deal. Yeah, thank you. Ellen Deal. I liked his scenes too. Ellen Deal. Yeah, Ellen Deal. Ellen Deal? I'll have to write that. Remember Aragorn Shouts? Yes, I I know. Ellen Deal! And it took me forever to figure out what he was saying. <laughs> I think it took me 20 years before I realized what he was saying. Um, yeah, Ellen Deal, his scenes were great, too. I liked it. I, I thought that whole battle sequence was actually pretty good. Mm. Except the ending. Mm. So, uh, I, forget the re- I forgot to mention the reason why they were attacking the village. They were going after this sword that the kid had. Oh. Theo! Little Theo. Yeah. <laughs> really lazy fake out where they they stopped the the bad uh hold up we're going to we're going to ahead of ourselves so they b- before the um the Numenorians show up to save the day. They have the people trapped in the house, and then they're killing people off one by one, and they threaten to kill Theo's mother. Who's already basically dead. dead. Basically dead. Oh, so and, bad. Unless he gives up the sword. And then he's like, okay, okay, okay. And then he, he gives up the sword. And then, then uh, the Numenorians show up. And then... Yeah, and then they start chasing the chief boss bad guy at yeah. work. Elf man. Yeah, then they start chasing the bad elf. And, and they catch him, and they get the sword back. That's covered up in a blanket. Yeah. And, you know, after they get it, nobody thinks to check inside that cloth to make sure Literally, the it's, in there. it's implied, like, hours are going by, and they have this yeah. blanket with the sword and, in it, and thinking they have it. And also, before what's annoying about that is, there's a scene that should have been cut from the episode, where the, the head orc... You know that that's the, the that's evil what the, elf. The, the evil elf. He's an orc. He's an early orc mm-hmm. from Morgoth's early days of corruption. He goes over to this human and he says, "I have a special job for you." And then cuts away and doesn't tell you what the job is. Yeah. you know that it's involving the sword. Yeah. it just doesn't show it. If so, they had cut that scene, then you would have assumed he still had the sword and it would have worked yeah. in a story. So Numenorians. Uh, so the elves capture get the sword. 
The Numenorians show up. The elf goes to the human and says, I got a special job for you. Then the evil elf runs away. Gladriel and our good, uh, the king of the Southlands show up to go save the day and go after him. And he's about to kill the orc in rage, but then Gladriel stops him, which doesn't make sense later because when he's a prisoner... Gladriel's about to kill uh, the the orc in a rage, and then the, he, the southern king. Important. I, I mention it because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm going to kill you in rage. Don't do it. Okay. And then 20 minutes later, Gladriel, I'm going to kill you in rage. No, Gladriel, don't do it. Yeah. It's like, Who I, wrote that? I get it. That's stupid. So then, after they capture the elf, then the king of the Southlands reaches down and grabs the the thing, gives it to Gladriel, and they carry it for, I kid you not, hours. Hours. Nobody thought to look into it. Nobody this thought to look into it. And then finally and then finally so Theo looks at it. Yeah. <laughs> so then they give it to here's what I don't understand. Gladriel and them had it, who should have kept it, even if they even if not. Then they give it back to the elf that is a thing with the mother, who gives it to Theo and he says and, and, then, the, Gladriel. and then Theo's <laughs> like, I I uh I have like an attachment to it and I, I can't fight it. And then he says, Well, then give it to the Numenorians and throw it in the water. And then the Theo opens it up and it's a stupid little wooden axe. Yeah, it's not, it's not even shaped like a sword. Yeah. And it's like nobody thought to look at this thing the entire. Like, you would have held that blanket and you would have felt the wood handle and a giant iron head yeah. on it. And you would have said, This is not a balanced weapon. Well, also. This isn't a sword. Also, this elf that has a thing with the mother. Told Gladriel, like, hey, he's got something, a, a great weapon, go stop him. You would think that Gladriel and him would meet up after she got it back and be like, well, what is it? You know, and have them talk about it and then look at it, you know, because she may know something about the sword he doesn't know. But no, just, okay, here's that thing you had me go get. You you seemed really scared and insistent I had to go stop this guy, but I'm not going to ask any more questions. Should we uh, talk about what the sword was used yes. for? Yes, yes we should. So after Theo <laughs> opens up the thing... It cuts back to, guess what? The guy that had a special mission. Yes. Shocking. Has the sword. And he goes to this little rock. It turns out the the, the sword, sword that grows key. when it sucks your blood <laughs> is a key. A key. <laughs> and what this key does, you put it in and you twist it in a fort that is essentially a dam yeah. on top of you know a cliff. Before and you finish what it actually does, I want to tell you what I thought it was going to be. You thought it was going to resurrect Sarah and Spirit. No, that's not what I, I thought. So after he sticks the sword in, into the dam, the water gets released. Because a few episodes earlier... Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you really want to confess this stupid? I will. No, I was, I was more pissed. I'm glad it wasn't that and it was the other thing. I was more pissed because... It, so it shows the water flowing out, and I said, that's a long way to Numenor for that water to flood the city. <laughs> yes. and, and I thought it was going to... Daly thought it was going to flood the ocean and destroy <laughs> Numenor. And I was pissed. On the other side I, of the ocean. I, that's what I was saying. <laughs> All the way from Middle Earth. In my defense, the writing was already stupid. I, well, thought, I wanted to hit you when you said that. <laughs> I was like, wait, that's a long way to Numenor to flood Numenor. And then, thankfully, go ahead and finish what it actually does. Okay. <laughs> now, it breaks, it causes this dam to fall apart. And I'm going to say this, this is going to be a rant, and it has to be said. Why couldn't the orcs just tear that dam apart by themselves? Why did they need that magical blade? Why was there a dam ever built there that takes a specific magic sword 
that would cause it to fall apart. Mm -hmm. That makes no sense. Now, what it does is actually pretty cool. Yes. Once you ignore this moronic, incompetent writing, mm -hmm. those trenches they were digging, remember, all over the place. That they enslaved the, the elves the el to do. The elves, they, they, they thought that they were digging them to get around sunlight during the day, but it was actually, they were digging those trenches because from the river, it goes all the way to a mountain in the Southlands. You know, it's basically a canal system. And it goes through, and the water comes pouring and rushing in, and it goes into deep pits of this mountain, and it's actually a volcanic mountain. When the water hits it, so much water pressure is going into it that it causes a volcanic eruption. It is, in fact, Mount Doom. Which and I the top of it blows. I actually kind of like that. I did like that. I just didn't like the logic of the, yeah. the sword being a magic key. Right. They would have had to show that the fort was built by Sauron's men in the past, and he had a special dark purpose. Mm -hmm. There's a statue of Sauron there in some shrine, mm -hmm. but, and it's not really explained properly. Yeah. And the sword, when it hits the keyhole, you should have seen the water start to foam a dark black color, mm -hmm. as if it was cursing it. Which Morgoth did a lot is he would pollute water yeah. to ruin it and cause evil things to happen. It would have been much, I didn't, I didn't much more logical. That. Yeah, I didn't think about that. But it's just, oh, it breaks the dam. Why couldn't you just break the dam? Why did you need a magic sword to do it? That dam basically fell apart whenever they shot a, a rope holding it together yeah. in the fight earlier. So, yeah, so <laughs> after that erupts... It gets to be the end of the episode, and this is what this is one of the things that I hate. <laughs> Again, when I said the show thinks we're stupid, it's like after they're like, "What should we call it?" And there, there's like a dar, there's like an elven ton to to say Mordor, and but it's like they say it in the elven ton, and then it zooms out and they shows. They don't say the name. They say it in the elven language. No. No? He asks, what, what should we call this place? Oh, okay. And then it just shows mean elf man, orc face guy with his burnt half face. Mm -hmm. And then it goes over. And the Southern Lands name, whatever it was called, yeah. burns away. And it engraves Mordor. And, and, and it's like... <laughs> Really? Like you? That's pretty cheesy. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I thought for a second they were trying to flood the Numenorians, but I caught on pretty quick once I saw it going the volcano. You didn't need to be told. Yeah, it was one of those things. Was like you did not need to be told what was happening. Or you could have just had him say Mordor, and even then, you know, it would have been pointless yes. because we already know it's Mordor. Yeah. But at least then I wouldn't feel like it was. Really oddly edited. <laughs> it, it was very dumb <laughs> how that part was done. I was like, ah. It's oh, like, and then the ash and volcanic eruption and the debris from the volcano comes pouring down on the settlement where the battle just took place. And the Numenorians and Gladriel, and the people of the Southlands, are all standing there. And Gladriel's standing right out in the open. And the ash from the volcanic eruption comes rushing at her like a wave of water. And she's perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, this bothers me because I am not stupid. If you look at the city of Pompeii, famous ancient city, all of the people there were basically turned to stone from the volcanic ash. Hmm. So, you know, th this is a famous historical thing that we know what happens. They were turned to ash. Gledro would have been turned to ash or incinerated. But she's fine. 
I, I joked to Caleb, you know, I was in reference to the Pompeii song where he says, if you close your eyes, I said, she must have closed her eyes, and that's what saved her. Actually, now I want to put the songs in that scene. Yeah, that, that song's about the city of Pompeii. Yeah, I, obviously it's called Pompeii. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so... so Many people, many Numenorians die from Probably, this. I'm not really sure. Yeah, many of them die. I'm not going to get into a sealed door, but a sealed door tries saving people, gets trapped in a house, and, and then it flies, collapses. It and collapses. kills him. <laughs> However, is he going to be in the opening to Fellowship of the Ring? To you know, cut maybe, off the hand of maybe Sarah. that's what they're doing, Elisha. Maybe that's uh, that's what they're doing. Uh, the other brother is also named Isildur. So they He's not named Isildur. He has a name. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's a boy's name, too. <laughs> but, yeah, it implies that he died in the house falling. It's like, well, clearly we know he lives. Like, yeah. what is with shows doing fake deaths for Do you people? remember when Black Panther came out and he lost the duel to Warmonger? Mm-hmm. And then he threw him off the waterfall. It's like, this is the end of the second act of the movie. Yeah. Why are you doing a fake out for a character that we know is in the next Avengers movie. Right. Just show he's alive. Don't pretend he's dead. You can let his sister or mother think he's dead. Yeah. But don't tell us he's dead because we're not that dumb. You know, I like the movie overall, but I gotta say that was really stupid. Yeah. And that's what the show keeps doing. They do it constantly with characters. They must be dead. Yeah, there's certain characters you can do that to. Like, but actually kill. And it's like, okay, don't do fake deaths. It's like, this is a Isildur. We know yeah. Isildur lives. He lives. He has to father a child yeah. for the, his line to continue down to Aragorn. Yeah. <laughs> he has to live to defeat Sauron. Yeah. Which we should talk later. Uh, I did a lot of research on Isildur. Man, the movie adaptation of Isildur is... They need to look like a huge jerk. Yeah, I was like, well, Isildur was actually not that they, bad. They had, to, but, they had to dumb it down. There wasn't time. Yeah, uh, yeah. but He wasn't that bad a guy. No, he actually wasn't that bad. You're right. <laughs> he was a cool guy. Um, Just wanted the ring. <laughs> so, after all that, Isildur is uh, dead... And then the uh, Queen Regent is blind. We discover that she's blind from the ashes. I was actually disappointed by that. Why is that? When it showed her and she had a blank stare on her face, I thought she had post-traumatic stress disorder. Me too. And I thought, this is really interesting. You're going to show the the Queen Regent a woman who's trying to be strong, and you're going to show her emotionally break. And I thought the implications of that were going to be amazing. Watching the political influences of Numenor slip because she's too emotionally traumatized by letting her people down. I thought she was having PTSD as well. But the reason she had a blank stare was because she went blind from the ash in the volcano. Which is good, too, but I I liked my initial impression about her. But they play it off real well, and it was actually kind of an interesting reveal. Like It was like... Uh, yeah. When they're like getting her out of the area, she like says to them, "She's like, when are when is yeah. when are we yeah, out of the turned, smoke?" She turns to Sildor, "How long till we're out of the smoke?" Yeah, and not a Sildor. Uh, yeah, Elendil, and you know, instantly he knows she can't see because they've been out of the smoke yeah. for miles. Yeah, so it, that was actually kind of a nice reveal. That was actually done well. And then, uh, then you know, I really actually like after that point. She becomes very dependent on a sealed door, and they have a very interesting... deal. Really, yeah, I keep saying that. Yeah. Ellen deal. Probably from you. Yeah, I know. I've been wrong. Caught it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, yeah I really, I really like... Their it. dynamic is good. Yeah, she's leaning on him as, you know, he basically becomes her most trusted advisor, and she's he, completely dependent on him. Here's one part I didn't actually like Ellen deal, was, uh, so he hears that his son is dead, and he just... 
he's like, I wish I never picked up that uh, that elf from the water. You know, uh, she she ruined my life. This and that and that. But I did like how quickly he kind of. Yeah, he was he, just bitter. Yeah, he was just bitter in the moment. An angry but I, father. But I like how he turned around. At that point, I was getting a little annoyed with his character. I was like, oh come on, please yeah. don't. But they turned it around. But th- then he turns it around. and He's like, he's like, I was grieving, you know, all this, and he's like, we we will go back. Well, it's in reference earlier. The Queen Regent refers to his name having two meanings, and I, I'm trying to remember the first one it was like follower of the stars or something. Mm-hmm. It also means lover of elves or elf friend. Yes. Yep. And, you know, he, she asks, you know, why did you come? And he just turns to her and he says, Be, you know, because I am an elf friend, essentially, is mm-hmm. what he says in better words than I can give. Right. So, yeah, so pretty much shortly after that, they realize that there's a bigger threat in Middle-earth. So uh, the Queen Regent and Elendil say that they're going to go back to Numenor and try and raise an and, army and, and give come the back. Douglas MacArthur, I shall return type speech yeah. for we're coming back. Yep. Says that we're coming back, it's it's happening, and then they we're go on off. Way. But little do we know, there's mischief going on in Menuminor, but we don't really need to get into that because they'll explain. Because the show didn't really get into yeah. how bad it is. Yeah. Yet. So they're implying bad things are uh, politically bad for Numenor. I've I've got to mention something in Numenor that is really, really annoying me. Elros is Elrond's human brother. They're full brothers, but they have human and elf. Heritage. So Elrond chose to be an elf, and his brother Elros chose to be a human, and he became the first king of Numenor. And the Numenorean kings early on were basically righteous people, and they would die peacefully and willingly. They could just let themselves die when they felt the time was right. Hmm. They don't do that with Elros. They make him a decrepit, senile old man who can barely get out of bed. Yeah, but in the uh, in the book as well, though, they even say that she is queen regent, but why is she queen regent in then? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I can't remember where... Okay, so sorry about that. We had a little technical issue, so we started talking for like 15 minutes and then realized, uh, well, hey, it stopped. We, we talked for about four or five hours, I would say. Yeah. We divulged probably the greatest wisdom humanity has ever heard. <laughs> but it didn't work out, and we tried re-recording it, and it just wasn't as good. So we abandoned the theology and the world-solving problems, and we're going back to talk about the uh, Queen Regent of Numenor. So, yeah, the Queen Regent of Numenor. Uh, we were talking about how she was queen regent. We actually couldn't come to the conclusion of like if if it, if she actually was mentioned in the book or not. So, moving on from there. So, uh, actually, you want to backtrack to the Harfoots that I Elisha pointed this out after our yeah. like technology like crapped out. He's like, are we gonna talk about the Harfoots? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I I've been thinking about that. the whole the time. See, like, Taylor hasn't brought up the Harfoots <laughs> once. I've been thinking about it, you know, every ten minutes, like, are we ever going to get around to talking about these Harfoots? I can't believe we've been talking for almost an hour. Yeah, about everything in the show, except for the Harfoots. <laughs> but it makes you realize how little it connects to the rest oh, of the show so far. It's true. See, everyone else, everyone we yeah, talked about, come they're, together. Yeah, their plots come together, except for the Harfoots. So we got to backtrack all the way to episode one now. Do we? Do we? I, I feel like. Let me just sum. I'm just going to sum up everything we can talk about what we like and didn't like. So, go. Okay, a giant meteor falls from the sky, lands on the ground. Uh, the Harfoots are basically this half breed hobbits. No! <laughs> Wrong! <laughs> 
The Harfoots are one of three distinct families typically believed to be of human origin. Mm-hmm. There was three clans, and the Harfoots were one of them. And the three, over time, breeding together, became hobbits. Yeah, but okay, so anyway, so they're the basically hobbits. Yes, they're basically hobbits. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so this giant meteor falls from the sky. One of these hobbits, supposedly hobbits, before they were hobbits, finds this man sitting in that came out of this asteroid, and he's tall, skinny, and kind of looks like Gandalf. Doesn't say he's Gandalf. Can't talk nothing. Uh, so basically he spends time with him. He causes trouble. There's nothing really that happens. It's like, you know, he tries and does something nice and then he does more harm than good. And then these, I call them, uh, evil M&M. Doesn't that one woman worshipping, uh, Sauron person look like an M&M? Uh, M&M, I, like I from, <laughs> like, rapping? Uh, the, those... Honestly, I didn't know who they were supposed to be for a long time because they look like elves, mm-hmm. but they're not elves. Yeah. I don't think so, but it makes more sense for them to be elves. Initially, I thought they might actually be other wizards, mm-hmm. that they might be Saruman, Radagast, and the Blue Wizards before they took on a more human-looking yeah. form, is who I thought they might be initially. Until they were looking until for, they burned down the Harfwood's house. Yeah, until they started going crazy. <laughs> but you know, they looked pretty freaking evil, and I thought maybe this is just some weird unhinged wizardry. They don't seem to be that. They might actually be members of Morgoth's cult, but I don't yeah. know because it hasn't been established in the show, and Saren's supposed to create it, and I want to see it, but it's not in the show yet. Yeah. So. Basically, the so like I said, things are not going well for the Harfoots. Or I'm not going to go to any details about how their culture works. You know, hey, you know, we move south for the summer. Yeah, like, they migrate a lot. They migrate a lot. They never stay in one place. And if you break your foot, screw you. <laughs> we're, not, we're not carrying you. We're not putting you in a wagon. We're leaving you behind. They do a little like festival parade and all dancing and saying that nobody gets left behind just yeah. before they leave behind. The Harfoot, mm-hmm. the broken foot, and his whole family. And it's really weird, but um, uh, honestly, I did like them, even though they make no sense. <laughs> I didn't, I will admit, I did not. There were times where I liked him, and then there was, and it was more about um, pace. It was more about pace of the episode. Something interesting would be happening, and then it's like, I was like, great, I can't wait to learn more. And it's like, Meanwhile, let's find out what's going on with the Harfoots. I think it might have been better to just have a Harfoot episode, an Elf episode, a Numenor episode. We'll see. Until the plots, they did that in one episode, though. They like the one. uh, uh, It was basically when the villagers were fighting for their village. You know, that was basically just them the entire episode. Like you never saw what the Harfoots were doing. You never saw what. uh, um, Elrond and Durin were doing. In the words of uh, Reagan, I don't remember seeing that. Anyway, so it's here's and here's where I they actually fooled me for a second. It wasn't like they fooled me. I was kind of like, that's an interesting twist. But I really quickly threw that in the back of my. I was like, wait, no, that's not what they're doing because Sauron had no idea what halflings were. So. These uh, devil worshiping critters. <laughs> devil worshiping Christmas critters. Yeah, devil worshiping Christmas critters. <laughs> finds the Harfoots, but 
and asking where the person... They didn't really ask. It was more like they were intimidating and didn't say anything. And then the girl, you know, they find out which way this character that fell from the sky went. And then they go looking for him and they're like, oh, it's... My lord, Sauron. They think it's Sauron. I don't know why they would think it's Sauron. I don't know either. But for a second, for a second, I was like, oh, that's an interesting take. And then instantly I was like, wait a minute, Sauron has no idea what hobbits are. I was like, so this is clearly not. I don't watch a lot of Family Guy, but there is one clip of it that I love. And it's where Peter is in a closet hiding from prison guard trying to catch him Mm -hmm. when he escapes from jail. And he pretends to be the prison guard's wife, and he's talking to him through the door. Mm-hmm. And they're having an argument, and then the then they have reconciliation, like a real argument couple. And then he says, come out here and give me a kiss. And Peter runs out, and the guy realizes it's not his wife, and he says, wait a minute. I don't have a wife. <laughs> That's what this reminds me <laughs> yes. It's yeah. like, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, for a second, I, I was thinking, I was like, okay, that's an interesting take. And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, clear, like, the entire time they were implying it's Gandalf. And they still haven't came out and actually said it's Gandalf, but it's heavily. It's basically Gandalf. It's heavily implied it's Gandalf. And I was insulted that they tried to make me think it was Sauron. Yeah. But at the same time, I at first, I was kind of like, that's an interesting. I was like, wait a minute. I know for a fact Sauron has no idea who hobbits are. Yeah. So that's why I threw that out of the out the window doesn't right know, away. Doesn't know about halflings. Yeah. Doesn't make sense because he's not pure evil. So anyway, these devil worshiping Christmas critters uh, somehow make him talk, like fix him in some way. So now, 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 yeah. Gandalf talks, which. I, I actually kind of like the actor, and I actually like the scenes where he was actually talking to these hobbits. I felt like it was fairly well done. What do you think? It was fine. I am very disappointed in the route that they took for this reveal of the uh, Istari, honestly. Oh, yeah. As the wizards. Because a lot of people will mention this. In, uh, I think it's the Sumerian, it mentions the wizards don't come to Middle-earth until the Third Age. However, I have heard that Tolkien did revise this later in life, and these revisions didn't make their way into Sumerian. And the and in his revised version, he, he wanted them to come in in the Second Age sooner. But either way, they didn't fall from the sky. This doesn't make any sense. The, the wizards came from Valinor. Mm-hmm. They are mire. They're low-ranked angels like Sauron. Yeah. So them coming from sky, the sky implies that they fell out of heaven, like they were sent there by God. I never took it as that. I took it as they threw him in a catapult, launched him out of Numenor. No. <laughs> no, no. I, I'm joking. Very, very poorly. But the problem with that is when you read the Cimmerian, if you have the patience of a saint to do that, I don't. It clearly mentions. Yeah, I can't remember the name of God in it. It's a complicated name, and I have a small brain. But he tells all of the Valar and the Maiar that they can go and live Middle Earth. They can leave, you know, outside of time and observe it, or they can go interact with it and help shape and form it. Yeah. So if Gandalf and the Astari, the wizards, are Maiar, they wouldn't be coming from heaven in the Second Age. They were on Valinor the whole time. And then came across because they were already in the world. They changed that. They retconned it and made it that way. God, you know, godlike creatures can just come in and go whenever they want. 
And I did not like in, that. In the book, um, I think I saw somewhere, didn't they say to Gandalf, you're like, we want you to go to Middle Earth, and he says, I don't want to go because I'm afraid. And they said, the reason for you being afraid is the reason why you should go. I can't remember. Um, in Unfinished Tales, there's like three different versions yeah. of of how they select the wizards and send them over, but Gandalf didn't want to go. Yeah. I don't remember the reason why he didn't. And eventually he's talked into going, which is good because, you know, the, the other wizards don't work out. <laughs> <laughs> one of them eating mushrooms, the other one went insane, and uh, nobody really knows what happened to the others. Yeah, the blue wizards, they might be in the show at some point. Maybe they'll do something with them. Maybe. Some people still think that this uh, Gandalf guy could be a blue wizard, but I'm pretty sure it's just... If he was shorter, I would have thought he was Radagast. <laughs> at first I thought it was, but then going through some really unfinished tales again, yeah. the way they describe him really makes him look like Gandalf. He's definitely me. Gandalf. So, Especially with him spending time with Harfoots. So uh, basically, you know, uh, after they defeat the evil uh, devil-worshipping Christmas critters... Yeah, the, the creepy elf Morgoth cult M&M yeah. people. Uh, Gandalf gets... Gandalf gets his... Um, not Gandalf. Not Gandalf. Gets his mind uh, back in order and he can talk. For no reason. And then... Um, he has this nice little talk with one of the uh, hobbits, and you know she decides to go with him for some reason. For some reason, and her people think that, oh, you should go with him. He'll be lost without you. I was like, I'm pretty sure uh, this guy will be just fine on his own. But whatever. They want to. Sh- I think they want to foreshadow why Gandalf always likes going to Hobbiton. And, you know, yeah, well, I think they already did that in five minutes yeah. with with him traveling with them. I feel like that they did that in six movies, and they already showed why Gandalf likes hobbits. So. Um, but whatever. So that's the end of them. Yeah. Don't need to go into much detail about the Harfoots. It, it it was very slow paced. That's about yeah, it. They're basically ancient hobbits. Meanwhile, in the Southlands, uh, Mount Doom blows up, and uh, Sour. Uh, not Sour. Did you get the sword um, part recorded in the in the first take? What sword part? The part with the sword and the dam. Yeah, no, okay. yeah, that's all that, in there. That's still there. That I, don't need, be, I don't want to talk about that again. <laughs> no, that should be in there. Um, uh, man, I'm going to have fun listening to this on Monday, making sure everything's all there. <laughs> but, no, I, where we left off with all that was uh, when uh, the King of the Southlands and um, Ar- not Arwen, Gladriel, are going to Gil... Gilgalad. Uh, kingdom, I can't yeah, remember the new kingdom. kingdom. So, um... The king of the Southlands gets uh, mortally injured during the eruption of the uh, mountain, and then Gladriel's like, okay, well, we have to save him, and they ride for six days, and that's where, uh, we'll have to talk about this again, they were riding on the horses, and that made me think of, back to the third episode... Glad your hell's riding a horse in this, slow yeah, motion. Yeah, this is in Numenor, I think, the third or fourth episode. Yeah. And they're on the beach, and I believe she's riding with Elendil, and it looks really, really <laughs> stupid. It looks like something, you know, like, come vacation at Sandals and ride our horseback course or something like that. I want to crop in the uh, uh, Old Spice Man. He's like, I'm riding a horse backwards <laughs> as, as they're riding through the beach. But I I thought it was the weirdest thing. I was like, why are they showing this in slow motion? And then Elisha and I were talking about the episodes. Yeah, I knew you were going to bring it up. <laughs> I, said, I watched all it. I, I said, watched it. I'm the only person in the world that understands why this is in yeah. here. <laughs> so it got to the point where Elisha and I were talking about it. I said, and what was up with the slow motion? Before I even finished my sentence, he's laughing. I was like, what is with 
the whole slow motion. I knew you were going to ask story. about it. And he had to explain to me. I you go ahead and explain it again. You explain it better uh, than I'll me. Po- Honestly, the show kind of references it in later episodes when Elendil is talking, you know, to Isildur about the horse. Mm. It he's talking about this connection that they have with their horses. They really love their horses mm-hmm. very much. They take a lot of pride in them. You know, you think about all the people that have my more who rescued who type things, and you know, I I got the impression that they like these dogs, you know, these these horses a lot more than than uh, people in the United States like their dogs. So Gladio riding this horse is like a big experience. Like you know, you're a foreigner and you're given a great honor. In another land, being able to ride this horse. Well, also, aren't through a beautiful land. Don't they have like uh, great speed as well on them? Yeah. So I think that's why they apply. I'm not sure. I think Shadowfax might be descended from the Numenorean horse breeds, which is Gandalf's white horse th- Northern. Yeah. But I could be mistaken because the Rohirrim come from northern lands in Middle Earth, mm-hmm. which is where Gandalf is heading off to at the end of the episode, I believe, towards Mirkwood area. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that back on track. Uh, yeah, so Gladriel, the king of the Southlands, head towards uh, Gil Gilgalad. Gilgalad, man, these elven they always throw me off. I I can't. I already can't speak my own language. Uh, they get there, and uh, you know, King of Southlands gets all healed up, and uh, yeah, he's all fine. And, and then, uh, yeah, and then he wants to get into smithing again. Weird. Yeah, so that he sees that they're uh, now. Elrond is also here too, and he's shocked to see Gladriel and very happy to see her. And she said she jumps ship, and he just accepts that. He's like, Whatever. "Oh, okay, you're you're here. Nice okay, get back. Get, get, get over it. Nice to have you." And then um, he tells her what's going on, and uh, Elrond has a little piece of minthril. Yes, that Durin gave him. That Durin gave him. Because his dad said, you can't, yeah, we're not this meeting trio. And he said, oh, well, here's the last, here's a little piece to remember me by, essentially. And uh, so they're trying to figure out how to use this little piece of Minthril to save their... Uh, save the people. Save the people. And then, uh, I don't know, the king of the Southlands, he's like, oh, why don't you try uh, mixing different yeah, ores with need, it to stretch it out? a different alloy yeah. to mix with it. To, to try and stretch and it out. For some reason, none of these elves can figure that out. And they were like, oh. Only the purest of gold from Vala, yeah. Valinar. Gladriel has a... No, gold. that's too far ahead. We're not there yet. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, He's, he, Gladriel starts getting suspicious of this uh, king of the Southlands. Yeah, because it turns out he doesn't appear on any ancient records. His family died off like a thousand years so ago. So <laughs> he starts saying things and doing things that didn't really add up to her. And then what he's helping them try and stretch this minthril and make a device of some sort to try and save the elven race. So she has another elf go and do some research into this guy. And oh boy, Elisha. It's none other than Sauron himself. Shocking. I was shocked. Uh-huh. I was very uh-huh. shocked. Wait a minute. I'm beginning to think you're not the king of the Southlands at all. Oh, he's the king of the Southlands. <laughs> now he he's is. He's not the king of the Southlands you wanted. He's the king you deserve, but not the one you need. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Sauron, you know... Lord of Mordor, that guy. Yeah. Remember the Southlands turns into Mordor? Yeah. He's the, he's the king of the Southlands, alright. And uh, so she confronts him. He doesn't he doesn't lie about it. No, and he's he's just like, nah, just like whatever. 
And then she's like, you lied to me. You said you were the king of Southlands. He's like, I never said that. <laughs> in fairness, uh, he, I don't think he actually did he lie to her the whole it. show. He just carried a little medallion thing that heavily implied it. <laughs> He's like, I never lied to you. And then he, he basically says, be my queen. Together yeah. we can rule. And, and then uh, they make a bad reference to instead of a dark lord, you'd have a queen. Just yeah. recycling Lord of the Rings stuff. And, you know, people were... You know, our friend Nick was asking me, is this really what happened? Did Sauron literally become a Dark Lord because Sauron wouldn't go out with him on a date? It's like, well... That's what, yeah. yeah. And, and was, it's like, well, um, that's what he says? But, I mean, he's Sauron. He's clearly just lying. <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to become a good guy. You mean to tell me. We, those people have endured a thousand years of pain and death because Gladriel wouldn't give some... Yeah. In her defense, actually... Uh, we never talked about the whole Caliborn thing. We, we'll get we'll we'll yeah. come back around to Caliborn. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, I I made mental note of that. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's just like basically everyone's suffering because uh, yeah. glad you're like going to yeah, take he it says, oh, I, Morgoth was an abusive, mean boss, and I didn't want to be a bad guy, and he made me be a bad guy. Now that he's gone, I want to be a good guy. Mm-hmm. And Gladriel says, I don't believe you. Yeah. Because you're Sauron and you're freaking evil and you're trying to brainwash me right now by sending me in a dream sequence. So, anyway, so yeah, they're in a dream sequence and he makes her pass out and then he's like, I'm getting the hell out of here. This this is very disappointing. Yes. Elrond finds Gladriel in a fountain or a water pool or something, yeah. passed out, yeah. and pulls her out. Gladriel wakes up. And starts saying that they need to get to the reins and make them right now. Are you uh, actually? I'm curious if you and I had the same theory at yeah. the end. And she goes in and they start forging these reins. And then Elrond looks over and he's back where he found Gladriel, and he finds where she dropped the genealogy that mm-hmm. ends of the Southland kings. Yeah. And he sees that there is no descendants mm-hmm. of these kings, and so he rushes back to the forge. And I thought. That Gladriel was locked away somewhere and was Sauron. I thought the same thing! Because I want to mention this. In the Cimmerillion, all the way up until... Sauron is a shapeshifter. It hasn't really shown it much in the show. You actually do see the the cult things Mm -hmm. chasing Gandalf around. They shapeshift into different forms. I thought for sure that... Saron hid Gladriel somewhere and shapeshifted into her and was convincing them to make the rings. Yes. That's not what they did. And it would have been so much better well, if they did. I don't know for se- see. There's still time for them to imply that in the next show. Like, think about it. In the next season, it could actually show like Gladriel is captured, and that was Sarah. No, no. because it shows Sarah walking to Mordor. No, yes, but we don't know how far along that is. He probably it's did. Supposed to be taking place roughly the same time. The way I, I don't think so. I, I, I do agree. I think what they did in the show is exactly what they meant to do like that, and this is just me speculating, but I have a theory that because the way Elrond was looking at her all suspicious-like and the way she was smiling at him, I thought for sure... I thought stuff was about to get me real. Me too. I thought that you were going to see her reaching for those rings. Yes. The three, and then Elrond was going to stop her. And Elrond was going to pull out a sword and cut off her hand. Yeah. And say, do not let her touch those. And everybody was going to freak out and it was going to cause this huge mess. Yeah. And then it was going to turn out and he would transform into a dark beast and it would be Sauron. Yeah. And, and it would have been Elrond barely stopping him from corrupting the elven rings. Yes. 
and they didn't do it. And I'm just looking at it, it's like, you had a beautiful opportunity for a plot twist. All your other yeah. plot twists fell flat on their face and didn't fool yeah. anyone. And you had it right there, and it slipped through your hands like water. Yeah. It, because it is Gladriel. Yeah, it is. And Sauron's gone. Yeah. It, it would have been a perfect... Just, just the way they set up that whole scene, because... It, she it was just like great. he's gone and all that. Like it was really building up to a tense moment, and I feel like it was an idea. But then they're like, "No, we can't do that. We can't do I don't that. Know. It's too clever." But it, it. I thought the same thing. I really thought that that's what they were doing, and the way she was like smiling, because it almost seemed like she was doing an impression of his his emotions and stuff, and like the way she was like smiling at Elrond and everything. That, that was, like, was one of my biggest disappointments in the show because it would have been a really cool scene. It, I agree. I thought I I see you and I never actually talked about that before, but I had the same theory as you. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so they take the Minthril and then they say, oh well, we're gonna put it in these rings yeah. and they, that's gonna save our race. They mix it with with pure metal and it had to be from Valinor for yeah. some reason. They couldn't use gold from Middle Earth. It had to be Valinor yeah. metals. Yeah. Gladriel's brother's dagger, which she carried through the whole show, they melt it down. It's all sad because it's supposed to be, I think, her symbolically giving up the warrior's life to forge these rings. And it's all kind of dumb. And I'm going to tell you why this is dumb right now. In the books, Gladriel's ring is, her elven ring is made of Minthril. But it comes out of the forge, and the other two rings look like they're gold because they're mixed with gold. And hers, even though it comes out of the same spot, is pure minthril, basically. Hmm. Why? Why does her ring look different if the metal was mixed evenly? That doesn't make any sense. Hmm. It doesn't. It does not make sense. I was not really looking at that. I was, because I knew her ring was made of minstrel, and I wanted to see where they were going with that, because I knew they were going to tie it into the story when they mentioned the minstrel needing to be involved for saving the elves. I thought, oh, Gladriel has an elven ring. This must be why they're doing it. They're tying it into her ring being minstrel-powered. And that's the part that I think that they rushed the most, was the fact that Sauron was supposed to be with him making the rings. That should have been a whole episode. Of him because it implies they got it all out of order. Yeah, the the first reigns that were supposed to be made were the sixteen reigns, nine for men, seven for dwarves. Those sixteen reigns were made first with Sauron and Calibrimborn. He didn't know he was Sauron yet, and he was helping him forge, making these cool power reigns. And Sauron started giving them out to men, or no, I believe he tried to give them to the elves. They wouldn't take them, mm-hmm. so he gave them to. Dwarves, and the dwarves were so selfish because they were made to resist other people's will. They literally were made to resist yeah. anything Morgoth could do to corrupt them. Yeah. So Sauron could not corrupt the dwarves. Yeah. So they, they used the rings for their own greedy reasons. Sauron said, screw it, and gave them to men and created the Well, no, not just that yet. He didn't give them, because then he found out what Sauron was doing and locked them away. Then Sauron went and killed them and then yes. took the rings, then gave them yes. to the men. The, he did do that. But actually, we're probably giving spoilers for season two. We no, don't know probably, but we don't know if they're going to be in season two like that. But. Yeah. You know, I bring it up because those reigns were supposed to be made first, mm-hmm. period. I did and, not know that. And then what was supposed to happen, in order, Saron was going to leave. They had the reigns made. And Calibrimborn says, I'm going to make three elven reigns without this guy, and they're going to be really cool. 
and he makes them, he's going, he, 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 I'm making my own rings. And then Sauron's going to Mordor, he's going, he, 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 I'm going to make my own master ring. And then the elves put on their, their elven rings, and they're all cool, and they're more powerful than the original ones. So like, wow, these are great. And then Sauron makes his ring and puts it on, and then they both sense each other, and you realize that they both secretly made rings to screw each other, essentially, <laughs> and both had this kind of, hey, wait a minute moment. <laughs> And because of the ordering of this, they ruined that ability for a pretty funny moment. All right. So let me talk about, now that we're at the end of the episode, I'm going to talk about one of the most sad attempts to try and be like the Lord of the Rings movies and The Hobbit. One ring um, to rule them all. Yeah, very, a very... Tame. A very end credit song. Yeah, very tame end credit song that almost tried sounding like Gollum song from the Two Towers. Yeah, it, it even ends with a shot over Mordor yeah. when it cuts to black with Sauron yeah. standing there. It was the most sad attempt ever. Trying, not, to, hey, not, we can be like them. We can be like them. It did didn't really fit. No, you know, I wanted to go through the the reins of power and describe them, but yeah, that that was a pretty lame one. Yeah. And also, I want to talk about another song. Earlier on, the Harfoots are singing a song. Oh, I don't remember that. Well, they, they ask uh, Brand- the girl Brandyfoot's friend. Mm-hmm. The know, big girl. The, the girl that's, you know, like... Um, she has a family, she's, right? she's like Anne Shirley's uh, best friend, essentially, yeah. from uh, the, the, the old Canadian mm-hmm. movies that are one of my favorites ever made. Uh, that's her personality. And she starts singing a song as they're traveling. And... You know, she has a nice voice, and the song's pretty enough, but it sounds like a pop song out of The Greatest Showman. <laughs> I don't even remember and, it. you know, she's she's towing her cart with her, and it just sounds like she's calmly breathing in a studio, so the, the sound design on the song is all wrong. Awesome. They should have had two different versions of the song, a studio version and a live version mm-hmm. that sounds practical to what she's doing. And, yeah. But they didn't, you know, maybe the writers didn't know that that's how sound works. It's true. You try pulling a cart and singing a whole song. Try walking and singing a song. <laughs> it's not as easy as you think. But yeah, so that's our rant on uh, the I'm, rings. I'm of trying power. to think if there's anything we left out. Yeah. Uh, oh, um, Galadriel's husband. Oh, Caliborn. 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 Not, to, not to be confused with Caliburn Moore, which people will do. Caliborn is not a forger of great things. He's a dude. Yeah, he's, a dude. he's an elven dude. And actually, he's I, drills. Yeah, I, I actually looked into him more, and I was like, wow, he's way cooler. Like, they kind of make him seem kind of lame. Like, yeah, they, they make him look more like Gladriel's concubine. <laughs> Seriously! <laughs> in the movies. Yeah, and he's actually kind of a cool dude. But in the show, I can't remember, but I think... She's under the impression that she lost him, like he's dead. Yeah, she oh. thinks she's... So the whole show, I assumed they weren't even going to mention him the whole first yeah. season, and that maybe they were going to be introduced, and they were going to you know, fall in love in the next season. And somebody asks her, Theo asks her, it's like, have you ever lost someone you cared about? And she goes, yes. And you think she's going to start talking about her brother, that Sarah Yeah. Killed. She doesn't. She says that she lost her husband, Caliborn. And I went, wait a minute. 
You are talking about this guy now? Yeah. You got through the whole show, and now the second to last episode, suddenly this guy exists after all? So I'm wondering one of two things. One, as in she lost him, as in, like... I lost him, and I can't find him. More like, more like her ambition to hunt Sauron got in the way of their relationship, so she lost him. No. Or she's under the impression that he died somehow. The show presents it. The last time she saw him was before he went off to war, mm-hmm. and she was teasing him because the armor didn't fit right. Yeah. And that's the last time you see each other. It implies that he disappeared in oh, a battle against Yeah, Morgoth. I couldn't remember exactly, but I do remember her saying that yeah. she lost him. But, you know, chances are they're going to show back up again, you know, meet up together. But, yeah, it was. I was wondering the same thing. I was like, wait, I was like, are they ever going to mention Caliborn? Yeah, it was that was weird. But, yeah, it was only, like, with, like, Friday I did more research on Caliborn. I was like... Uh, Caliborn, like, Caliborn actually, like, gl- here's the other thing I saw, too. Gladriel, when they went to the Grey Havens, right? Yeah, you might call it that. Yeah, when they went to the Grey Havens. Eleanor. Caliborn never went with her. Uh, he did he went. He went later. Yeah, he went later. Uh, he didn't go on the initial trip. He w- he waited a while later, yeah. I think, until uh, after everything faded. Yeah. I think it was only, you know, probably... Uh, Probably less he, than 100 years later. Well, yeah, he took the last ship with Samwise Gamgee. They both went together. The, yeah, depending, depending on who you ask, yeah. Yeah. I think. So. So he, you know, then he went back. But. To finally, you know, see his um, wife and his grand, his grand, or not his granddaughter, his daughter, Alron's wife, who had been there for centuries mm-hmm. before. But that his... So far, nothing to do with the show because uh, Gladriel's uh, daughter has not made appearance, and you don't even know if she exists yet. So I don't know. So this is me, by the way. Like to some of you who are watching this, you don't know a lot about the Lord of the Rings. I think I only know a good like ten percent of what I'm talking about, and I feel like Eli might. What? what how would you think you know? how much you know about the Tolkien universe compared to... The only to thing I know for sure is that I know nothing at all. <laughs> because I'm so wise. Anyway. But, like, we're not professionals, but from what... And I only just started learning about some of this stuff this week just so that way I could kind of keep up with what he was talking about. And I feel like I did, I did a lot of research on Morgoth, which none of you guys, I feel like, will ever really look into. But if you're going to look into anybody, I would recommend looking into Morgoth. That is a great, interesting story. But, yeah. All in all, all in all, the show is okay. It has potential to be great, but they have a lot to fix. And here's the stupid part, Eli. They finally just started shooting season two. They didn't, well, I actually started filming it pretty fast, all things considered. Yeah, but not, it's not coming out till late 2024. So typically seasons are like when you start a show like next year there should be another season but there isn't. Well, I hear that ongoing. I think they're going to be filming seasons ongoing from one another, and they're not going to take much breaks anymore. Yeah, now they're not. But here's the thing. So they were saying, well, you know, we wanted to see how well the show was going to do. I was like, you just how much did they pay for the rights to this? Uh, it was like I don't. Was it like two hundred million dollars? I've heard different things. Something that gets on my nerves is people keep saying that they paid a billion dollars for the rights. No. Um, I don't think they paid a billion dollars for the rights. I believe the total budget for the show was $1 billion. Yeah. And it might have included the licensing agreement yeah. for the Tolkien estate. I'm pretty sure that they spent a good $2 billion on the licensing rights. And then all the pre-production, because they shot everything on location. 
the next new seasons they're not shooting on location they're actually shooting like more on uh like the the stuff star wars uses i'm not I'm trying to remember what that stage is called yeah the, um they Creepy dome that he has some running around. Well, not, they're not doing monkey. a lot of that, but they're going to be doing stuff like that, like the the TV background stuff. But they're also shooting more in studio. Now they'll still they'll still be doing like outer shots, like outside shots and everything. But anyway, um, but yeah, they spend just a lot of money just you know getting the designs. You know, think about it, like get just getting the production designs of Numenor. Like they went to a lot of places, so I understand why it took them so long to do that. But anyway, their reasoning was they said, "Well, we want to see how well the shoot the show would do first before we start a second season." I was like, "You spent a billion dollars on this. I don't care what you say. Like if I was Amazon, I'd be like, we already spent a billion dollars. We might as well start on season two. I, I can give you a hypothesis." It could simply be that uh, Bezos and company didn't want all of the money being spent in between financial years and quarters in such a way because it might look like they're making less money and wanted to that keep their stock be. price up. That, that's a good and theory. And so waited until the show had a higher projection for future income before they started putting more money into it. The one thing I will give Amazon is they are their shows are getting really diverse. They have a lot of interesting shows out but nothing you guys will probably ever be interested i like a few of them but anyway any last words let me let me think through if there's anything stupid i forgot to mention because there's a lot of stupid there was a lot of stupid but there was there was some potential and there was some good characters i mean the the, the, the Balrog Mithril oh, thing. Oh, you know, I forgot we, about the Balrog thing at the end. Okay. Well, we, we already talked about the Mithril yeah. stuff. And, you know, that was about as stupid a thing as you could possibly write. But there is a tease at the Balrog. Dur, you know, the, Dur, the Balrog's name is Durin's Bane. Mm-hmm. That, that's the name that it gets throughout history. Because Wait a minute, like Durin is in Durin who's currently in charge? Of- yes, Durin, son of the cane. Really? Yes, Durin's Bane. I can't imagine what's going to happen. Do you know what? Late after this Balrog is supposed to destroy Khazad-dûm, mm-hmm. do you know what the the name Moria means? What? It means Black Pit. <laughs> okay, because we should we should stop talking about future things. That I'm going to talk about it because everybody knows Khazad-dûm. Yeah, falls. I know, I know. But some people who are watching the show might not want to hear if all the spoilers. You don't want to hear it. That's that's a whole different video. <laughs> if we want to talk about Tolkien lore, like we can do a whole different video. For you that. do movie reviews, not Tolkien uh, discussions. I talk about what I want to talk about. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for watching. Sorry for the long episode, but I feel like there was just so much like background and everything like that, and adaptations that we had to talk about, likes and dislikes of the show. But uh, appreciate you guys watching. I will probably do a terrible She-Hulk episode soon. That will probably just be me because I seriously doubt Eli wanted to waste any of his time on well, that. Well, I actually, you know, I have been very busy doing important work on the house. And for some reason I'm editing a book for uh, one of our brothers, which is really weird. So I figured I'd do a plug here. And, oh. and then, you know, I'll, I'll mention it later on down the road. Uh, well, I mean, if you're editing books, you want to edit it one of mine. You might want to see how this one turns out first. <laughs> I can't be any worse than what I'm doing. I never said it was worse. <laughs> saying. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can uh, you, you don't have any social media thing, but... Uh, Oh, not yet. Yeah. Someday I'm going to be I'm going to be a big cheese on the market, though. Uh, Edmund Dantes. Yes, Edmund Dantes. Yes. 
Yeah, you can find Adam and Dantes on uh, on future your local, social media platforms. Social, yeah, future social media and in your local library. <laughs> uh, thanks for watching, guys. Uh, I'll see you on the next review.